Oh, hello. Welcome to episode four of Prepare to Fast Forward, our chance to leave the past behind and focus on current pop culture. Although today we're talking current and future pop culture as one month into 2023, we will discuss what things in television, movies and video games we are looking forward to in the year ahead, as well as making some what might turn out to be ill-judged predictions. I'm your host for this one, and my name is Steve. And I'm Rich. I'm Chris. And I'm Jason. Before getting into it proper, I think we should have a little debrief. Uh, a couple of nights ago, the four of us had the pleasure of shooting at each other using an ancient and unwieldy control scheme, <laughs> <laughs> which seemingly sucks all of the skill and strategy from proceedings. We played the newly re-released GoldenEye uh, on Nintendo Switch Online, and I still love that game, but boy howdy, even knowing like it's, it's pretty notorious for having a bad control scheme, but geez, it was still a shock. So I guess, Chris, you're the resident Bondophile. Let's go to you first. How did you, okay. how, how did you find that? Apart from the muscle memory not working with the Switch controller, I loved it. Obviously, it's dated. Obviously, it's clunky. Even though they've ported it, it's still a bit like ropey, but it was enjoyable. All those memories of the late 90s just came flooding back until none of us can control it or aim it. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was good. And just like hearing that music again and those establishing shots was just glorious. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it took all of us a little bit of time. I think all of us were fumbling at the beginning. And I, to the point where I think it's fair to say we were maybe like, oh no, does this suck? This might yeah. suck. Yeah, that was in the back mm. of my, my mind. That mm. was. But, but once you once you wrap your head around it, because the the problem is the the switch Joy Cons are nothing like the N sixty four controller, right? And so none of the buttons are where you expect them to be, and it felt almost impossible to play that thing. But it was a lot of fun once we got into it. Well, you um, see, I didn't have this problem because I was actually using the N sixty four controller. So. <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I don't think I knew that. I didn't know that. I wasn't That's... sure whether it was classed as cheating or not because, you know... I am sure, I'm... and it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it still didn't play into my hand most of the time because I still <laughs> lost oh, quite badly. So. Rich, you yes. you love this game. How did you love feel it. about playing it again? Yeah, I thought it was generally quite a... I mean, quite a nice sort of emotional experience. It was, you know, just... A very fun thing to do on a Friday night, granted, but I think it was almost it felt a bit more than that. It it took me back to just being in my bedroom with one of my mates after school, you know, just running around temple level or facility, and yeah, it transported me back. And initially, I think I was a bit cynical when I realised we actually were still doing split screen, even though it was online. <laughs> yes, and yeah, you could say that probably was due to the limitations of Nintendo and not them just deciding that was a nice way to do it. But to me, it actually made the experience. I actually, I was glad we still had that dynamic of, I can see where you are, I'm coming yeah. to find you. Because that's yeah. what it was about. For better or worse, that was the experience. It was a very shared experience. It wasn't online gaming in the way that we know now, where you are just in your house, someone else across the globe is somewhere else, you're not seeing each other, you're just playing against each other it had the same feel we could still yell at each other because we were looking at each other's screens and yeah i think without it's that, like it's not it's not gold mine so for sure like you yeah. you can see when someone else has the golden gun and you can say oh yeah. shit chris has got yeah, the golden and gun that adds yeah. to the whole urgency of it the, just the fun the laughter yeah and, and so... I, I think to your point i think i don't think it was done deliberately i think it's done <laughs> because that's a cheap way to do it 
But yep. as it happens, I, I agree. I think it does add to the experience. Jason, have you gone back after after playing that with us? No, unfortunately not. I had a I had quite a biggish session on the Friday when it came out during my lunch break at work. So I did actually manage to get quite far into the single player game. And it was just marvellous just to have it on my Switch, just being able to play it handheld. And I think I was a bit apprehensive with it before it came out because I was I was a bit jealous of the Xbox version in some ways because I thought we were just going to get like a pure N64 ROM dump on the on the Switch, whereas the Xbox version obviously has been cleaned up a bit. It's got 4K yeah. resolution yeah. and it's got better controls and the widescreen and all this and that. And uh, I know like the, the Switch version still is suffering from the weird Nintendo control mapping bollocks uh, thing, but, you know, there are means and ways out around it, videos and such out there to try and help us but I was pleased when I started it because it did look a bit cleaner and a bit crisper than I was expecting it to um I don't know whether it's because I was playing on the OLED as well no idea but the other big feature that I was really pleased to see on the Switch version was the 16.9 ratio Mm. Mm. you can change that to widescreen though I did that yeah, I don't know if like if you if you did the with the wide screen or the full screen or whatever it stretches the image. I don't know if Maybe. just changing the the ratio to the sixteen point nine makes it. Point wide, made sure it was on normal. As long as it's not on cinematic, you won't get all the borderline. You won't get no. all the borders. You won't get the stretch. We've just yeah. do like full screen and then wide. I think it was to me it was the same as the Xbox version. But. Yeah, so yeah, I was really pleased on that on that fact. Mm. You know that that they had like made a few tweaks. On this version for the Switch, yeah, really good, good fun times. I've I've managed to get up to the Silo, I think it was the last one I played nice. single player, and uh, I'd forgotten how much fun that 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 level actually was. You know, you've got the time limit, and you've you've got yeah. to try and get through like hordes of soldiers and find all this stuff in in a, a small amount of time. And um, yeah, I did I did fail quite a lot. Yeah, but, and you, know. you just you just cut through swathes of guys in that game. Yeah, I think I, going back going back to it, the thing that surprised that surprised me the most is the total lack of finesse. Like, uh, guys are going to roll out at you from around the corner. They're going to yeah. hang mm-hmm. around in groups of fifty that are tightly <laughs> packed together. You just yeah. have to hold down the trigger and gun all of them yeah, down. Man. Like it is it is bonkers. It's, but yeah, it's it, pure it, carnage. You know, bonds really on some kind of like. Mm, I can't say the word masochist. You know what I mean. I can't say. <laughs> he's on. He's on a masochistic streak. Yes, that's exactly what I meant, Steve. Yeah, yeah mate. He, yeah, yeah. he loves. He loves seeing them die in varying yes. animations. He just can't <laughs> yeah, get I was, enough of it. I was living it myself today. I was playing the um, the second bunker level when you you're in you're in the jail cell when you meet Natalia for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, we were escaping. Did everything with her. She went and activated the console, and we we went to leave. And we got flanked by loads and loads of guards. I was taking loads of bullets. I was literally going up, the, you know, you go down the last little corridor, you go up the steps to leave mm. the level. I was taking loads of rounds to the back and I was just at enough health. There were guys at the top of the steps. The door was behind them. I opened fire. I shot Natalia in the back of the head. <laughs> literally at the door to leave the level. Both objectives were complete. Yeah, I swore. No, no, I saw no, Natalia no. drop into her knees. <laughs> I was like, for fuck's yeah, I left though, but yeah, failed, failed. I said to Double O the other was it this morning, and I was like, I don't remember it being that fucking balls to the wall difficult mm. sometimes on Double yeah. O. So like, mm. this is a twenty five year old game. I was like, holy fuck! Like, <laughs> well, the older games are known to be more harder than these the, the more modern oh, yeah. games. So. Yeah, it, is. Yeah. it was yeah. mad. Yeah. I don't remember it being 
that hard to survive the first like well, you see, this couple is the, of stages. You know, uh, you know, we were used to games being that difficult back in those days. Yeah. So we probably didn't we didn't really flinch too much about it, and and not now. Yeah, well, back in the day, you'd be like, "Oh no, I suck at this." Whereas these days, you're like, "This game is not fair." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the way it is. Yeah. All right, shall we uh, get into things proper? Yes. Let's okay. Do that. Well, if we're all sitting comfortably, let's prepare to fast forward. The year is 2023. It's been a period of what some political and economic analysts have described as bonkers. <laughs> but there's a heck of a lot of high quality films, television and video games, and the future is bright. And that's what we're here to talk about, our hopes and dreams for this year. Uh, Jason, I'm going to come to you first. Ooh. What's on your mind? Uh, what do you want me to do first? Do you, do you want me to do like um, one option and then we go around? Or do you want me to just throw all three, three of them at you? That is a good question, and I should have known that before you asked. Um, <laughs> let's go for let's go for television first. Have you got okay. a television one? I do. I mean, there's quite a lot coming out this year that I'm really looking forward to. There's a lot of Marvel stuff and Star Wars, Mandalorian series three, and it's quite heavy actually, TV show wise. But there is one particular show that me and my wife have enjoyed watching since it started on Netflix, and the new series does come out next month actually. Uh, it's quite it's quite a busy month with with this and Picard as well. But the the TV show that I'm most looking forward to is you. Has anyone seen this? Me? Is that the one that was? Is that a Netflix series? It is. Yeah. Yeah, it's about like the serial killer guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so basically, his name's Joe, and he he does seem to like to just kill people, but it's done in such a way. And it's acted in such a way that it's really hard to not like him. And it that's the trouble with with the show in some ways. I don't know, it's the attraction of, of the show. Because he is going around and he's doing these really bad things and like he's, you know, he's killing these people that most of them don't deserve to be killed. But he's such a nice person out of this like zone of, of serial killing. And like he seems to have like a real like general genuine interest in like books and like old books and like he gets really passionate about uh restoring books that are falling apart and everything and it's Mm. this really weird mashup of that side of the character and then this other side where he he doesn't seem to flinch he doesn't seem to think that Uh that that killing people is he knows it's wrong and like he can see like he as the ser- as the series progresses, you know, he sees like I know this is wrong. I really want to stop. I really want to be a good person, but because it's so embedded in him now, that he can't. He, he seems to just can't stop doing it. Like it's like to solve his problems, or to solve something that's annoying him. He's just going to kill the people to stop those feelings from happening. And I guess the only other and the other part of uh, the, this character is he's quite sexual. You know, he's always fantasizing about a, a woman and like he seems to set his eyes on one particular person and then he he's like gridlocked on them and like he thinks about them all the time and he fantasizes about being with them and like there are quite a, it seems to be quite a few scenes where like he, he starts like masturbating in public over this oh particular goodness. person and such. But it's just like really like eye-opening like TV, you know. It's like, oh my There's God, some... I can't believe they're actually doing this. 
kind of stuff. They've drawn from Dharma in some ways with how they've done his character, how he's just almost kind of like switched off to. He's not. He's not conscious in a social setting or public. Like he kind of mm. just. Yeah, it reminds me of Dharma. Yeah, which is uh, always interesting. Yeah. So, um, I get you know the last two series he's gone on this journey, and he's got. He, no, I don't want to go into too much detail. I don't want to spoil it because I think it's definitely <laughs> worth people watching. But he goes on this journey and he meets the really interesting people and he, his family kind of grows um, and he has to take care of people that are close to him. But then all the usual stuff is going on around him and such. And it, it just makes for a really good, solid, interesting TV show. And mostly down to this like multi-layered character that is Joe. Mm. Yeah, where, where you find yourself liking the protagonist, even though they are objectively terrible. Yeah, and that makes you feel bad in some yeah. ways because because yeah. you had those emotions with that character. It sounds like so. It, it's, it reminds me sort of from what you've described. It reminds me a little bit of Dexter, but with but with Dexter, he was like yes, he killed people, but like he tried to have you know a moral compass about it. Mm. Um, and so you found yourself rooting for the serial killer, right? That's what was challenging about that show. But this one, I mean, if he's doing a wank in public <laughs> and <laughs> fantasizing about these women, does he? Does he ever? I, I'm, I'm, I don't, not sure. I want to know the answer to this question. Has he ever killed any of these women that he's fantasizing about? Maybe. Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that no, sounds pretty dark, man. It sounds pretty yeah, dark. But I mean, yeah. and, the, and the way that they tell it, it's it's all very, it's all self-narrated. Mm-hmm. Like okay. by by the character, the main by him by him, like um, he's like reading out his thoughts and about things that are happening around him, and I think that just adds to the whole to whole storyline of, of the show because you, you get to know the character even more so because you can hear what he's thinking and what what he's trying to do and what he's not trying to do and everything else, and I think that just adds an extra layer to the show. Yeah, it's it's it it's it sounds like it's going into detail on a serial killer that you, you don't normally do in TV shows yeah. or from a perspective that you don't normally do. Yeah, which is yeah, good because I like it when they kind of challenge the viewer in the sense of in fact you're getting his narration. Obviously, it's helping you actually relate with him and yeah. not him just be this character on the screen that you're detached from that you're watching him do horrible acts. You're actually kind of thinking. Maybe he was justified because he's struggling with his thoughts and he exactly. doesn't know how to act. And that makes him uncomfortable because yeah. it kind of goes back to what you said about him being quite likable. Yeah. You get that with some actual real world serial killers, guys like Ted Bundy, where people are just like, oh, he's such a cool, good looking, smart dude. You know, how could he have done these things? And you almost kind of forget that he's a monster. So mm. you let your guard down a bit. So I'd like that shows doing that. So. I need to give this a watch. It's always yeah. been on my radar, but I've not watched the second one. My bit, sister-in-law so. likened it to Fifty Shades of Grey with dead bodies. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> oh, my God. Because she, she, she's watched it, and it doesn't interest me at the moment until Jason's just been talking about it, but that's what she she described it to me my other half as. Like Jason said, that real sexually motivated, driven person that just happens to kill people. And, yeah, and you you end up quite liking him. So it's, it's like, you know. Yeah, well, yikes. I mean, uh, yeah, that sounds pretty disturbing. I, I can't imagine what it's like to watch, you know, as a, as a woman. Because <laughs> if he's that likable, it's like, oh, I, I should be suspicious of everyone I meet. <laughs> yeah. Rich, how's TV looking for you in 2023? I think there's two 
shows mainly on my radar. One that is actually coming to an end that I have loved, and that is Cobra Kai. Sad times, um, sad times. I think it's the sixth, sixth and final season? It's sixth, yeah, six, it? yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I can't wait. It's it's a soap opera for guys in their 40s that just talk about nostalgia. It's I love it. It's, it's kind of trashy in a way, a bit cheap, but it works. And I can't get enough. And I'm sad to see the show go, but I don't want it to outstay its welcome. So I'm just interested to see if we you know, get any more uh, returning characters. Will we maybe get Hilary Swank in the season? I don't know. So Hilary Swank? Yeah, well, she was the next uh, yeah. Hilary yeah, Swank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> first time I made that joke. Thanks, Chris. That's really good. I'm going to hold on to that one. Um, <laughs> no, don't tell me you guys have never heard of that one before. There's Hillary's wank, no. You just so. put the apostrophe you know, in the think, wrong place. I don't think I've heard that before either, but it's so <laughs> obvious. It's so obvious in hindsight. It's a real low-hanging fruit, that one. Oh, every oh, time I see a name on posters, I was like, oh my God, no. Whoever mentioned it to me, I cannot unsee it since. Okay. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Series six, we're on. Yeah. Yeah, Damn. the first two seasons were on, obviously, were a YouTube red joint, and then a... Uh, yeah, went to Netflix. So. That's bonkers because I, I, you've been recommending this show right from the beginning, and I've Fucking annoyingly never gotten around to watching a single one. I can't believe so that good. it's six, six seasons in already. That's mental. Yeah, yeah. It's just a fun half hour, isn't it? Of just yeah. like fun. It's, yeah, it's it just feels like just feels like a TV show that we watched when we were teenagers, doesn't it? Yeah, and what's nice is it is actually built on what the film's established. It's not just like, oh, yeah, So for people who don't know, that film is Karate Kid, right? Yes. Right. Indeed. Uh, And obviously two and three. But yeah, it it does such a great job on building on the reputations, the, the, the traits of the characters that you had in the films. Like, you've got, like, John Kreese, and you've got Silver as well as, like, he was the antagonist in Karate Kid Part 3. Um, and he's just a piece of shit in this show. They want to just beat the crap out of him. He's such a douchebag. Yeah, it's it's just... I mean, I think if anyone's watched the Karate Kid films and likes them, they probably really watched this show. So I'm not going to be well, dropping any spoilers, but I'm going to still bite my tongue. How much of the film do you need to know about? I, I've definitely seen it, but not for a super long time. Oh, Can you watch all. this I've... season without... Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to start the show, yeah, obviously you're going to jump into season six. Yeah, you're going to be completely fucking lost. But yeah, I was the same. I really hadn't watched the films in the longest time. I ended up getting the trilogy box set in 4K because wow. of the show. Because I just wanted to go back and relive them. But yeah, he does such a good job with um, flashbacks, you know, archival footage. And it bridges everything together. It does do a really good job of explaining stuff in a kind of a hand handholdy way but never kind of it's not really a he- that heavy-handed it, it but it doesn't leave you behind it will mm. fill the blanks so if you are literally coming into it from the ground floor you don't really know anything about what came before it, it does a good job of standing on its own so it does cool. not not excluding anyone which is good so I, I i didn't realize there were only half an hour as well that's yeah, very attractive oh, wonderful how many stage. episodes in the series uh 10 like, isn't there yeah, maybe. Even better. Yeah, maybe a, okay. a dozen. Right. I don't know. It, I don't think there's anything above 12. But yeah, it's, it's good, just become so. far more likely that I will watch this show now. It's so good. It's so good. And there's two terrible games on Xbox as well. <laughs> 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 I've not played yet, but apparently they're bad. 
I mean, it does. I mean, they do take up the, I know the cheese level, don't they? Quite high in in the oh, show, yeah. but in in yeah. kind of like a good way in some ways. I mean, and it also feels like the show's always kind of split in half, where you've got like the older generation, and then you've got the newer generation, mm-hmm. and then yeah. uh, the newer generation are like very much over the top. And yeah, sometimes when I've watched it, it it kind of great on me a little bit on how over the top they actually are. Yeah, I get that. But it doesn't, you know, the overallness of it all doesn't really conflict too much. And you know, are, you're still getting enjoyable. I think there are some newer characters that work really well and the some are even now are just like like Sam, who is oh, yeah. Daniel's daughter, is just like the <laughs> on-screen equivalent of watching Pain Dry. She's just like so <laughs> fucking bland and just mm-hmm. like don't care about anything that happens to you. Good or bad, so. But there's great characters like Hawk. Sure. Tori's yeah. pretty cool. And obviously I like Miguel and, uh, shit, I forgot the name of Johnny's son now. Shit, I'm going to burn for that, but. Uh, uh, starts with an R, doesn't it? I can't. Um, uh, does it start with an R? I don't know. But yeah, he's all right. The, the, yeah. Most of the characters work really well, the younger characters, and obviously the older characters, the, you know, your your legacy IP characters. Are, <laughs> they are, they're great. I mean, they're probably more immature than the kids, to be fair, because they're like guys in yeah. their fifties, like still having a karate feud. It's like <laughs> yeah. the fucking wives, are like fuck off, like <laughs> seriously. You're like right. in your fifties, dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. But no, I'm, but, I'm looking forward to seeing how that how the whole story ends as well. So I can't right. wait. I just want a CGI Pat Morita at the end. Great. <laughs> so, other than that, I won't talk about it too much because there's really nothing we fucking know about it. And the one series I'm probably looking forward to more. And that's on Apple Plus, and that is Godzilla and the Titans, Ooh. a live-action TV series based in the uh, MonsterVerse, the uh, Warner Brothers Legacy Pictures cinematic universe. So, uh, I didn't know about this. I Fucking... didn't until just now. Like, yeah, yeah. and Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell were in it. As what? Well. Nice. <laughs> Why have I only just? I love fucking. I yeah. oh, fucking Kurt Russell. I love that man so much. Yeah. Why and am I finding it just now? His, who is his dad? I don't know. But they've got actors, characters from the movies in it as well. I think, um, i to remember who has been announced. The, the details are really thin on the ground, but showrunners are, and this is one for you, Chris. It's Chris Black from Star Trek Enterprise and really? Matt Fraction, who did Hawkeye. What are they doing? I mean, we know that they're doing uh, Godzilla, but like, what's, 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 what's going on? These, these Essentially, days, these this guys. is going to be... And this is probably the thing that is the weakest thing in the films, but I get it with TV because of budgets, <clears throat> but it's going to be built more around human characters mm-hmm. and Monarch as an actual group, as an actual corporation, you know, whatever Monarch are, <laughs> however you yeah. define Monarch in the films. They're like the agency that basically are the ones that monitor the activity of uh, yeah. Kaiju or Titans for the West. And yeah, so it's going to delve more into that. There is obviously going to be Godzilla, Kong, and other titans in there to what degree i don't know but again yeah details are super thin on the ground but they say it's going to kind of work as a bit of a sequel and a prequel kind of along the lines of what like star wars have done with like obi-wan and andor so it's going to kind of take uh, place right, okay across the the timeline of the films both before and after so the aftermath of godzilla versus kong as well so when you say the films, you mean the sort of most most recent raft of Western? Yeah, the twenty fourteen, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Uh, yeah, which I I love all four of those films. Um, yeah. I think they're great. 
I love I love Skull Island. I think they're absolutely fantastic, and they all work and on their own in their own ways. Like 2014 was a very muted, quite smart, slow, traditional Godzilla film, and then like King of the Monsters was just like fan wank in the best possible way. And then Godzilla vs. Kong was just, yeah, a fucking pay-per-view fight. It was great. I loved it. And, yeah, Skull Island. Nice romp. It was just great. It's, yeah, I think they all work well in their own way. So I'm really excited to see what TV show is going to do. And so far, um, and Apple make terrible products, but they've done well with TV. I mean, Ted Lasso has <laughs> been great. Uh, Severance is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. So apple have got a good track record with tv so i'm hoping that this does a good job um, they do but we'll see yeah that's fascinating i i like the idea of it focusing more on the human impact shin godzilla Lord. is objectively the best godzilla oh, film ever, ever made and that masterpiece that film is 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 a blast entirely because of the human impact but it remains yep. to be seen whether or not a western studio can pull that off in quite the same way but we'll see you know, toho have got another one coming out this year right another godzilla film set during world war ii japan wow <laughs> like, yes. okay give me that film now that's exciting like, yeah Amazing. i'm excited as hell i can't wait for that but all right chris Hello. how's tv feeling for you this year what are you looking forward to well i'm not much of a, a TV watcher, like like all of us, you kind of drop off that network radar, don't you? But um, I'm going to start off with that 90s show, What Were They Thinking? <laughs> Sorry, this is just five minutes to get this out of my system. Fair, I, go ahead. <laughs> that se- that 70s show is a guilty pleasure of mine. Not, not, in a, not in a cringy way, but the actors were having a blast. They found the right actors, they had the right chemistry... And they broke character constantly. And that made that show special to me because they were just so natural. In comes the reboot 24 or 25 years later. And those kids have no chemistry. I'm so sorry, God. Really? I'm so sorry. It's just like they had lightning in a bottle in 1998. You know, it all worked. And they had Red, they had um, Kurtwood Smith as, as um, Eric's dad. Like, this is great. This is seeing, seeing Clarence Bodiger as a middle-aged father doing mm-hmm. his mad, mad performance is just stunning. And then this new one comes along, and the best part of it is Deborah Joe Rupp and Kurtwood Smith and the rebuilt sets. And maybe it was overhype, I don't know. But I was just like, what, why, why make it? Like, who are you making it for? Because it's almost as if the writers had worked for Disney productions like Hannah Montana and all of that kind of shebang. Mm. It's it's demographic is ten years younger than what that seventy show was aiming for, <laughs> and you you think it's a, a small margin, but it's not. Like that seventy show is aimed at like people in their twenties and late teens. This is aimed at people in like like twelve. Like the humor is just like so jarringly oh, no. different. But it's produced and created by the same people who did it originally, and it's just like what went wrong? <laughs> just what went wrong? It just it's, it's just a bit like oh okay. That's that's how we are now. Then okay, Let's move I, I, on. <laughs> I've never watched it, um, and I don't intend to. It's it's mm. onto a loser for me from the outset because I just resent the idea that the '90s was long enough ago yeah. to make a nostalgia show. Just get to fuck. Yeah, we're nope. further away from further away from '95 where the show set than we were from '77 when the original show was set. Oh. No, I choose to not believe that. Yeah, uh, it was. I hate it. I hate it, it was Stop 21 talking. years between. 77 and 98 i hate it and it's now set in 1995 we're now in 2023 so yeah reality check 
But, Existential um, dread. What else are you looking forward to, Chris? As, as, I just <laughs> I had to get... appear in the show. Or did he, uh... No, no, no they don't even mention him. Hundred oh, yeah. percent less Scientology. Yeah, yeah, they have. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, they have cameos the from the rest of them, just not Danny Masterson for obvious reasons. But, but why, um... Chris? <laughs> hmm. Well, Google it, guys. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Answers on a postcard. But um, as for <laughs> as for shows I'm looking forward to this year. If you want to beat a dead horse, i looking forward to Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2 because they, st- they stood there and realised the mistakes they made with Discovery and with Season 1 of Picard and they st- they sat there and went, why don't we just make Star Trek? I think I brought this up in a previous recording. And the casting is perfect. The writing is great and it's optimistic and Anson Mount owns that character. It's such a refreshing optimism and confidence in the human race and the future. And it's just fantastic. I'm one of his fans. I don't get bogged down with like, why doesn't it look the same? I I treat the new Trek continuity as it's his own thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to tie it into the original because it's so, it looks so vastly different and it's its own thing. It's doing its own thing. But... By doing its own thing, that's how I accept it in my head, by separating it from what came before, I can enjoy it more. Yeah. And, and they've kind of they've kind of touched in different Star Trek pro- products, they kind of touch on they kind of nod to that, right? Where there's vast aesthetic differences and they kind of put in reasons into the canon as to why that is, like alternate timelines, alternate realities and stuff like that. Yeah. It doesn't they didn't... It, it doesn't do anything like that though. No, they they don't mention it outright. They just ask the audience to accept that if you squint enough, you look at you see the original series. But that's just that's that's corporate corporate at the top going accept this or don't watch it. You know, but I'm I'm more intelligent than that. I'm just like I'm enjoying it for its it's its own thing. It's got nothing to do with the original continuity, so they can do what they want. Well, they I'm accepting it as a different thing, as a separate entity. But technically, it's not. They're telling everyone that it is. It's it's complicated, but it's just so optimistic and so well it's shot beautifully. All the actors are perfect. The writing is on point, and it feels optimistic and it feels positive. And I think a lot of that is due to having Anson Mount on board. By not having this dark, brooding character that's moody as fuck and you can't trust you. You really get that sense that Anson Mount's version of Pike is it's just loves his job, loves the people he's with, and he's just so it's just optimism and that's what Star Trek fundamentally was all about in the in the first place. Yeah. And then yeah. Discovery comes along and the JJ Abrams movies come along and Picard in some dark. respects as well. And the op- <laughs> the optimism is just it's a, a vital ingredient for making Star Trek work. Without that, you lose its meaning, you lose its impact, and you lose mm. what it is to be that. And Strange Worlds like, just does it well. A hundred percent that. And and that's the issue. That's the main issue that I had with Picard. Yeah. Because Picard tried to talk about current issues today <laughs> that we have, which good sci-fi does that, right? Like good, good, good sci-fi holds up a mirror, and you can see the present day in it, right? Yeah, but it's Star all Trek about the window dressing. Yeah, Star Trek did it with a real, like a positive bent. Like we can rise up past these things. Like mm. they experienced these issues happening to other alien societies. 
whereas in Picard, it's happening to humans. And it's like, I want some escapism in my Star Trek. Yeah, I don't want to just watch a TV show about 2022. <clears throat> Thanks yeah, very much. It's, 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 too, it's too on the nose with Picard. And that's what Patrick Stewart wanted to do. He wanted to tell relevant stories. But there's a... There's a line that you cross before be, where they become too relevant and too on the nose and too wink at the camera, see what we did there. And it's just... Well, it's Picard, Picard it's, straight up has um, ice in it, immigration control. Like, it's the same yeah, institution. Yeah. It's just in the show. They didn't come up with a new sci-fi version of it. No, they just put sucks. ice in it. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, terrible. Seriously? Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It sucks, man. But yeah. the, the first... The first two seasons, even the second one, I was like, right, okay, what, what, what's going on here? But the third season, and again, like I brought up with that 90s show just now, is they brought a lot of producers and writers and set designers, prop makers and actors. Obviously, it's TNG 2.0. It's the proper send-off, hopefully. Mm. And instead of being bogged down with all of that, it's just the next generation cast coming together for the first time in 20 years. And going right, let's have a proper, a pro- another go, a proper go, at saying goodbye to fandom. And I hope, I hope it's good. But part of me is just like, too little, too late. This is that's the Star Trek we asked for three years ago. Why are we now getting it in its last season? It's funny, it's a funny thing. But Star Trek, Strange New Worlds, it's the Star Trek that we always wanted in the first place, and we got Discovery, and we got JJ yeah. Trek. Now they're finally going, right, we've got 10 hours to TV and they're sublime. And I was speaking to Jason on one of the recordings, how ballsy it is to do these real high concept sci-fi ideas so early on in its existence. But it works. And it just, like I said, it's not about what it looks like and how it's written. It's just the values that the showrunners have, the attention to detail in their scripting and the performers, the honest not naivety, but the honest performances from these actors are what sells it. And that's what you look for in a good show. And that is Strange New Worlds. Anyone excited for Doctor Who? Uh, My girlfriend is very excited about David Tennant returning. Uh, Yeah, I'm just going to accept that for three three hours of my life next year. Yeah. And just... I'm peed off. I have to wait a whole year to get to it. Like, But... There's so many things going for it. I'm excited. Mm. I mean, love him or hate him. And there were so many things I didn't like about his run. Russell T. Davies coming back is probably the necessary shot in the mm-hmm. arm that's needed. Um, yeah. And the Disney Bucks as well. I think, I don't care what people say. I celebrate it. I'm all for, you know, yeah, corporations overreaching and uh, taking over everything. It's great. So make it look expensive on the screen and I'll be happy. Exactly. Make it look expensive, but not too expensive. Doctor Who needs that little bit of cheapness now and again. We'll deal with the cannibalization of content later. For now, I just want expensive looking Who, so don't complain. I'm just looking at, I've seen some of the the set pics and set spy pics of them in costume, and I'm so excited for Shooty and Millie Gibson, and they just have that electric energy between them just from a photograph. It's got that immediate Eccleston Piper feel again, straight out of the game. And from Tennant and Tate, and, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, just, and I got none of that from the Whitaker. Sorry, no. the Whitaker fam. <laughs> God, <laughs> she um, calls them. She calls them her fam enough. Your belief yeah. that they actually care about one. I, I had chemistry. no chemistry between any of those actors whatsoever. And whereas you get a few Instagram shots of them trying costumes on, taking pictures in a car park of all places, and. 
there's more energy in that five ten second video than there was in the entire Shibnall run, and it's just it's so yeah. nice. And like Rich said, we're having Russell back is the adrenaline shot that it needs to bring the people back that left. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. doing Doctor yep. Who, like like Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. We're going to do Doctor Who. We're going to do it properly. We're going to get one of the most popular Doctors back to get people back, and then introduce the new Doctor. I mean, I was on the I was on the fence, going like, oh, I was tenant, going to outshine Shooty, and I was like, actually, it's clever how they're doing it by getting people back and then introducing Shooty. So you have it's a, it's a pretty, cushion, it's a cushion comfort blanket. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty damning as well when it comes to the previous administration <laughs> and like the previous Doctor, like they're, mm. they're doing that because they are saying basically like, yeah, forget that shit, we're starting over again <laughs> yeah. with the Doctor you yeah. love. And we're going to have that credibility is going to run off and shoot it instead of him being, oh, thank God, Jodie Whittaker's gone. We've got this guy now, so I'll take it. But it actually means more. Have they ever brought a doctor back before? No. Not Not this way. Canonically, no. Like in the sense of, yeah, the main role. They mentioned in the 50th that, well, Moffat wrote in the 50th that the doctor can maybe in the future choose his old faces. Mm. Yeah. But... If you follow fandom enough, the way Tennant reacted when he regenerated and his clothes and everything, it was unexpected from the Doctor's point of view. So I think Russell's cleverly writing in some clever, batshit, crazy idea to explain it, which he probably will. Didn't know in Russell's quickfire dialogue, it'll be over and done with in 2.5 seconds. Moving on. <laughs> and that's the best way to do it. Why yeah. do I look like this? I've got my old face back. I don't know what happened there. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm, Same. I'm not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to call myself a Doctor Who fan, but I have enjoyed it a lot in the past, and I'm definitely into this idea of going back to, back to that period, that slightly earlier period uh, mm. where it seemed like it was better. Okay, so shall we talk a little bit about another thing that is dear to our hearts, and that is video games. Rich, what's on the video game horizon? Main one for me, really, probably the standout. There's the RoboCup. Game that's coming out some point this year, but we know nothing about. <laughs> Can't believe about. I didn't um, know that existed until yeah. today. Yeah, I know. That's the second thing that I did not know about until you brought it up today. <laughs> yeah, like proper first-person shooter. Again, the trailer was very low in details, so I'm kind of like, pfft. can't say much more really. But obviously, I'm excited. The idea of you know shooting would-be rapists in the nuts and uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> going in and stopping convenience store heists. It'd be it'd be fantastic if if I just get to be Robocop on on the beat, just doing Robocop things. You know, great. So we we don't know anything about it, like in terms of gameplay mechanics or genre, even right? We don't know anything. Oh, it's a first-person shooter, but proper like. You've got all the readout, everything that like is on screen display, the okay. HUD, everything. It's proper Robocop simulator, basically. Because okay. because I, I, I watched I, I watched the trailer and I thought it was very authentic, but I was yeah. I'm a little bit worried, a little bit worried because it sort of reminded me of that Rambo game that came out. Yeah, a few years ago. it's always these kind of companies, these kind of developers that are a bit like, oh, I don't know if you haven't heard of them before, and they kind of just make these, they just mine these good you know, intellectual properties and then just churn out. Yeah. It looks it looks a lot games. Yeah, it looks a lot better than the Rambo game did, but I be, because, Rambo game. Because as you said, it's so light on detail, it's just not clear as to what kind of game it's even gonna be. But it yeah. does look rad from the Twitter. Yeah, because I can't say much more about that. The the main thing I'm pretty excited for this year is 
uh, Like a Dragon Ishin, which is out next month, which is part of the Yakuza franchise, set in like proper old school feudal Japan. Um, can't wait. I think my wife's more excited about that than me. And then there's <laughs> End of the Year, Like a Dragon Gaiden, The Man Who Erased His Name, which picks up after Yakuza 6. Cry, cry. That game's fucking heartbreaking. <laughs> so I'm glad Kiryu's back because I need closure. And that's kind of just going to be a bit of a DLC campaign. So probably a good seven to eight hour game, which is basically half an hour for Yakuza because Yakuza games are massive. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait for that game. I've got so much love for Yakuza. And in the last couple of years, I started playing the series. I've played every single game in the series to completion. I love them. I own them in multiple formats. I think I've triple dipped on uh, Yakuza 0 through to Kiwami 2. Yeah, I've got PC, Xbox, Steam, you name it. It's just, who, um, yeah. who was it that that suggested you play it again? Who was that? Oh, some guy, I forget. <laughs> I used to pod with him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Who very handsome yeah. dude. I mean, uh, you, owe, you owe that guy a lot, right? That's I, I do, yeah. I do. Um, one day I'll, I'll remember his name. I think he erased <laughs> his name as well. I don't know where who he is. So. So just, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I did very good, very good. Um, just <laughs> clarify this for me. So the like a dragon Ishin, yeah, that's the sort of feudal Japanese era one, yeah, and that's going to be old style direct brawler. input combat. Yeah, there, there is like a card system in it as well, but it is a typical brawler with the four different fighting styles. Cool. So if you're not a big fan of the turn based in like a dragon, yeah. It's going to be and very, very welcome. And like a dragon, actually, Gaiden, yep. uh, is that direct brawler combat as well? Yes. Cool. Proper okay. traditional. And it basically bridges Yakuza 6 through to Yakuza. Well, I can say Yakuza. Yeah, bridges Yakuza 6 through to like a dragon 8, which is going to be out in 2024, um, nice. which will be turn based, I imagine, as it's now a mainline game. So, yeah. So I, I'm super excited to be back in the shoes of Kiryu Kazuma again. Sorry, Kazuma Kiryu. Jesus. I'm going to get shit for that later. Yeah, I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I love the Yakuza series, and I'm going to lose my wife in the next month because she's going to be playing so much of that game. It's yeah, exciting, man. I didn't, I didn't so realise Ishin was out so soon as well. Yeah, it's, if you get it, if you get the deluxe edition, which is what we pre-ordered, out February 17th. You get to wow. play it like five days early, so... Wow. Guess which one we pre-ordered. My <laughs> wife's actually taken the week of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you take so. it yeah, you take those games pretty seriously in that household. Yeah. yeah. And it's, she's a completionist. It's a, she'll do she'll do every single side story. Every amazing. single side story. Delightful. Yeah. That's yeah. great. All right. Anything else, Rich? Um Microsoft acquisition of Activision, please happen. Because <laughs> I don't care about monopolies. I want it to upset the ponies. And Activision is a disgusting company that no one should be worried about if they get taken over. Hoover up all the IP, I don't care. Put them behind a wall. But, yeah, it will be proper bants if the, if the deal goes through. And it should, because Activision are gross. Yeah. so it's true. Um, they are. That's You're not wrong about the that. main thing. I mean, it's still going through legal proceedings at the moment. I think every single country, apart from the US and the FTC, has basically approved the deal. Was it worth an eye-watering? Is that $68 billion? (laughs) It's vile, man. (laughs) So I don't want it to go through purely from a standpoint of, I think, 
that kind of transaction, that size of transaction is just shudderingly, terrifyingly, disgustingly large. And when they uh, let go of oh. 10,000 people as well. <laughs> well, <laughs> also <laughs> that. It's just lots of people's careers just, yeah. you know, in flux. Oh, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Jason, Hello. say things about video games now. Um, video games, uh, the biggest game that I'm looking forward to this year. I mean, it has to be, I mean, it's the only one for me, and that's the uh, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, the, the Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel that is oh, yes. finally coming out this year. Uh, it's been five years since Breath of the Wild first came out and just took over my life. And I can't wait for it to do it all over again. But, you know, if, if I mean, if you don't know, I'm quite a big Zelda fan. I've, I've played Zelda since Link to the Past from the on the Super Nintendo. And just as the years have progressed, I've just got more and more and more into the Zelda games. And when Breath of the Wild came out, it just, it just, just like everybody else who played it, I guess, just kind of wowed me and just took my breath away, funny enough. And uh, I just loved just all everything, you know, the, the the exploration, the fact that you could just go straight to Hyrule Castle and just beat Ganondorf right there and there if you wanted to. Everything that Breath of the Wild brought us, even the breakable weapons, I didn't mind them. I, I quite liked them. I know they're quite a controversial aspect to the game, but for me personally, I, I, it really didn't bother me that much. I thought it actually added a bit bit to it and I you know I've got on record uh, I've said it on this podcast before you know I'm not a fan of big games I think we we're only talking about that last week um, yeah but f- when it comes to Zelda I break the rule you know this, this game could be 500 hours long and I will still sit down and play it and so when it comes to Tears of the Kingdom I I can't say how pumped I am you know I'm probably just I'm probably at the same excitement level as I am as Rich is for, for Yakuza games and yeah the stuff That's that we've the- seen so far in the trailers, you know, we've only seen two trailers, I believe, and it's still quite a lot of mystery around the plot line, what's actually happening, you know, and everything else in the game. We just don't know that much about it. And it's coming out in May. I'm expecting a direct early next month, hopefully, which is going to have a big ass trailer in it that's just going to explain a load of shit to us. But. You know, from, from from what I've seen, it looks like we're in the sky. There's some kind of like Skyward Sword stuff going on. Uh, hopefully we'll get some loft wings in there. And um, there's some weird, funky thing going on with Link's arm. That No idea what's going on with that. And, you know, rumours going on around that we might actually play a Zelda for some of this game or maybe the majority of this game or what, we really? don't know. Most common but, people do think you actually are playing a Zelda in those games, but yeah. hey, don't tell oh, them. Well, yeah, that is true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just leave them in their appearance, you know. I know, right, yeah. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just 1,000% pumped for this game, and this time I'm not making the same mistake that I did with Breath of the Wild, and I will be ordering that special edition, definitely. <laughs> there will be a special edition, I know there will be, and I will 100% be pre-ordering it this time, because last time I just ran out of money. I had the Switch, I had the Pro Controller, I had the games and it was the the, the the bills just wrecking up and up and up and I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't. And, I, and I'm and i still gutted to this day. I do not have that Breath of the Wild special edition with a little Master Sword in, in the in the plimp thing. But um, Yeah, well, with Tears of the Kingdom, you can put right what once went wrong. Exactly, mate, exactly. <laughs> so Just to be sure, this is like a fully, fully fledged sequel, right? It's not like a building on Breath of the Wild like Majora's Mask did Ocarina of Time. It is a actual like this is completely new environment. But as far yeah, I mean as like like I said, we don't really know 
We don't really know that much. We don't know if it's the same map. We don't know if it's still in Hyrule. I feel like I feel like I I remember reading that it that it is the same map, but that's kind of a reductive way to describe it. Like it's set in the same world. Yeah, and it, it and it, and and it will recognizably be in the same world, which I'm sure provided some level of of um, you know shortcuts in development. But I I, mm. I think we are to expect a massive overhaul and a massive dif- difference to to that world. But yeah, man, it's exciting. Um, definitely, yeah. Bre- 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 Breath of the Wild is yeah, it's a fantastic game. I can just go back to that, and I could play that game infinite. That game is just like a video game force it that i could just turn on and just keep it running forever um so it'll be really really exciting to have another one the fact the fact that people are still finding things to this day uh to kind of break the game and do weird and wonderful stuff in it just speaks volumes on you know how open the game is so absolutely it is it is mechanically dense and and those you 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 can bash those different mechanics together to make some really uh, interesting things happen. Uh, the sort of jaw drop moment for me in that game was when I, there was a puzzle where I had to connect a circuit to open a door and I couldn't work out how to do it, but I just laid my swords down in a line which carried the current from one part of <laughs> the Christ. circuit to another. And it's just like, holy shit, this game's That's incredible. That's brilliant. Love it's it. fucking incredible. It's yeah. so cool. The only thing I feel a bit wary about with Tears of the Kingdom is just the amount of anticipation and pressure that's on this game to be good. Yeah, yeah. It is very much the difficult second album, right? Like, how yeah. do you follow Breath of the Wild? Uh, I suppose we're going to find out. And I, I, I have confidence in the team and, sorry, if I offend anybody, and Anuma, and how, you know, I'm always rubbish at pronouncing names, sorry. <laughs> Uh, the guy in charge of Zelda franchise. <laughs> the gaffer. Yeah, the gaffer, the, the Ted Lasso of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> I've got full confidence. I mean, he's got the history. He's got the knowledge on how to pump out a, a, a decent quality Zelda game. So, But, I mean, the, the, just the pressure that's on them to bring us something that might be on the same level or even greater might deter some negative... Well, I mean, there will be negativity online. I'm sure there will be, but... You know, it's it's not going to be the same as Breath of the Wild. It's not going to have that freshness that that gave us because it is a sequel. It's in the same engine. It's the same world. But I just hope that people just give them a little break and just realise these facts and that it's not going to give us that same wellness. Hopefully it does. Hopefully they found something to include in this game that, that does that. But I'm just, uh, and just you know apprehensive on that side as well. Yeah, I mean, if anyone could do it, it's those guys because they effectively gave us a, one of the most advanced and compelling open world games on a tablet, really, which is <laughs> yeah. you know a magic trick in itself. So yeah. I'm fairly I'm fairly confident that, yeah. uh, that yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, so, so. cool. And anything else, Jason? Not that I can think off the top of my head. To be honest, I'm just waiting for the direct to drop. Fair enough. Uh, because we don't really know. We know certain parts of what Nintendo is going to be bringing us uh, this first quarter of the year, but we don't really know what else is to come. And I'm quite excited for this year, Nintendo-wise, because last year was such uh, a disappointment for me personally because all the stuff they brought out weren't really interest held my interest. It wasn't really my genres. The only game I bought Nintendo-wise last year was Kirby. And, um, oh, wow. That was it. It was a really, and I've never done that before. I'm always like buying the first party Nintendo games and such, but last year was just 
complete drive for me. So I'm hoping this year that we see the return of Mario, we see the return, or maybe we see a trailer for Metroid. Who knows? You know, just some of the more games that genres yeah. that I'm more interested in. So when's the direct again? We don't know yet. It hasn't yeah, been yeah. announced. We never do. We never do. No. do we? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Chris, video games. What's going on? Well, I'm not a, the biggest gamer, but I want to talk more about what's in development for the coming years rather than single out because there's. I'm not familiar enough with games for the Switch. I don't own a current Xbox, so mine's more along the lines of what's action development. Like we were talking about Robocop earlier, where not much is known. Do you guys know about Project 007? Yes. yes. That's the um, IOI joint, right? IO yep. Entertainment, yeah. yeah. Um, interactive, sorry. There's no release date, no trailer. I'm hoping there's going to be a trailer this year, maybe a teaser, like a proper teaser, like with some test renders maybe. But the outline that they have and what they're working with is astounding. I think we're on the cusp of what GoldenEye was in 1997 because they are developing a completely standalone project or various various installments. No one, no one knows. All we know is they have the license. They have the license to use the music, I believe, the music theme. I would have However, thought so. right. Bloody yeah. hope it's, so. Yeah. <laughs> no, no much point you know, really is there that, otherwise. <laughs> no, but that, that's what I mean, because you can, you can do a completely unrelated uh, licensed product by using the character and license it from, say, the Fleming, Ian Fleming Foundation or whatever. Or you can do the best of both worlds and get both. Yeah. And I think that's what hurt the GoldenEye release over the past, like, what, eight years, isn't it? Like, the licensing and who holds yeah. what and yeah. who wants what and who demands what and who says that you can and can't do that. And I think the same is probably going to hit IO, IOI, but... By doing a completely standalone, unrelated project, not linked to any actor or any continuity, allows so much freedom. Yeah. And especially with this current climate of the, the current gen consoles, you can probably toggle a period piece or a modern piece. That's entirely plausible. But they literally have the world's biggest sandbox to work in at the moment. So no... Words has been named uh, said about the cast or composers or anything, so I'm just really excited as to what we might see maybe this year, early next year, development wise. It's yeah. very early days at the moment. It's, I mean, I'm very confident about that game based yeah. entirely on their track record with Hitman, yeah, because exactly. when they rebooted the Hitman game in 2016, they basically made a James Bond game, it, yeah, it, it is a James Bond game in all but name and. Yes, yeah. and I've said that for years that the people behind games like Hitman and even the Uncharted games could make the most amazing James Bond property. So I'm only just, slightly, I'm slightly apprehensive about this particular game just because of how they're obviously going to base it off Hitman. Hitman, sorry, Hitman. Hitman. Uh, yeah. Hitman's um, not his surname. Yeah. <laughs> he's not. He's not called Ian. Ian Hitman. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but they're obviously going to base it off that engine, surely. And I hope, like when I tried to play Hit Hitman, I found it too open. If that makes mm. sense, I struggled as well. Yeah, I was so excited the idea of it, and then when I got into it, I was like, "Oh shit, I don't want to do." It's, yes. like- it's funny you should bring it up because I didn't play 
those new Hitman games because I have such an affinity and connection to Hitman and Hitman 2 when I was a PC gamer back in well, nearly 20 years ago. Yeah. And I loved Hitman 2. I consider it still, in my memory, the, one of the best games ever made. Mm. It was... It was open world, but not too open world. There was still a linear path. You could choose many different ways of solving this, you know, this hit, basically. And so many different variations on that theme. But I didn't want to play the new ones because of my memories associated with Hitman 1 and 2 on the PC. Mm. So I just didn't want to by, by choice. And that's the first time I've ever done that with a, a game series. I've never never gone back to the new ones, but... I kind of wish they'd done kept that kind of linearness in into the remakes in some ways because like, I think like where Rich struggled with it as well. It was too open. I didn't really know what to do. I tried one way, I failed. I tried a different way, I failed. I had to start a game from the beginning. It got a bit boring, a bit repetitive because I think I was just crap at it, and um, I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't get anywhere further into the into the stage that I was trying to play. So I kind of just gave up because I just felt like well. Do you know what? There's other games I want to be playing, and I obviously mm. suck at this, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give up. And that's my only worry with this James Bond game that they're going to make it too Hitman for me personally, and I'm going to lose interest in it mm. quickly. The trouble is but, with the James Bond property when you I've I've not read many of the books, and you can at me all you like. It's too far removed from my understanding of the world now that when I read those books, it's so jarringly early 20th century writing. It's too full on. It's, it's too much. It's, there's just too much going on. I read Casino Royale before the Craig movie, and it's a great book. Casino Royale is a really faithful adaptation. It's just modernised. Now, when you look at the films, they are very linear. It goes from one mission to the next, one leads to the next, one, one girl to the next, one car to the next. By making it too open world, I think would hurt the property. Because some of the best James Bond games are essentially almost on rails narrative you go from point a to point b to point c and then you completely get the stage or the game but i think like you said jason and i think making it too open world will probably bore many james bond movies um fans sorry it's the it's the, it's, it's the catch 22 though isn't it because gamers are looking for open world games yeah this is the problem but, yeah. And you can have all these side quests and side missions and different difficulty levels and all you want, but you need to appeal to everyone. But sometimes when you appeal to everyone, you hurt the fan base that you're aiming the game at. They need to they need to strike a balance because they have an existing fan base in Hitman players um, who will be disappointed that they're not making Hitman mm. 4. I can sort of count myself among them. I've, I feel like I'm excited for this new 007 game, but I think I would rather they were making a Hitman 4. But they're going to try and satisfy those players in some way, right? But then because it is the Bond IP, they, they, they have to appeal to mm. a, a, a broader player base who are perhaps not as into the open world stuff. But I think... So the Hitman games do quite a good job of funneling you in certain directions. Like, there's a whole menu system that you can go into. Yes, the Hitman Defender has lo has logged on. I apologise. You can go into menus <laughs> and you can say, I want to kill this guy in this specific way. And the game will hold your hand and show you exactly how to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's a good way of not being overwhelmed by the open-ended, open-world nature of it. And then you can sort of sink, sink your teeth into it and understand the mechanics to then perhaps go off and do your... Your, your more um, free-form creative stuff. 
And I have to imagine that the 007 game will lean very heavily on that. I bet that it will give you, you know, a big casino somewhere that you walk into with a tuxedo and it, and it will say to you, you can complete this mission by doing step A, B, C and D. But when you're ready, there's a whole host of other shit for you to go out and discover as well. And I, yeah, I, I hope, you, I hope yeah. that they manage to nail that balance. That, that's the thing. It's for years I've wanted a, bond, a fully immersive James Bond game. And unfortunately, we've never had that. But if this game could be the spiritual love child of GoldenEye and From Russia With Love and um, Nightfire, but in a modern sense, I think if they nail all those elements, like you said, um, Steve, there about you get placed in a casino, but you you spin it and say, right, Bond, you have nothing. You've just been dropped in this location. You need to pick up these these contacts again that you know so you've got to find this building or this person and then you've got essentially a side quest in this casino you've got this one this one person you've got to find and you've got to sit at the game table and infiltrate his mind basically but side quests you could have many of them different contacts giving you different information which makes said mission longer or shorter or more complex or simpler it's it's a very um it's like a minefield <laughs> of yeah. ideas and i just hope that we see something this year because i announced Hopefully. it must be now i announced it must be about 16 months ago now something like that yeah or maybe yeah. just over a year ago but I, right in recalling as well it's going to be an actual like origin story you actually yes. claim your double right. status don't you so yeah that's, that's quite yeah. a nice that's book. one thing they released again like the robocop game there's there's not a lot to really go on it's mm. like one one minute they're releasing a statement and you see it come up on these James Bond sites and Twitter feeds and stuff. They're like, you've got your only double O status. You're, you're a young rookie, basically. Or you've already got your double O status and you've got to work your way to that experience. But by by not tying it down to an existing film or actor is nice. But also you need to... I just... I think we all just need to know what they're going to do. Are you going to be a rookie or are you going to be your first full double O mission? I don't know. It, yeah. it, it could be get, amazing. and Hopefully. I mean, it's got incredibly strong pedigree um, mm. and it's going to be a while before it comes out. Uh, one oh, thing I like at least, about... At least two years. Yeah. One thing that I really like about IO Interactive, No Clip did a really good documentary about that studio and... As a development studio, they have really good work-life balance. They don't do any crunch. They have oh, really nice. good leave policies and stuff like that. So it's just all around a really wholesome development but studio. That's um, great. And you so don't... they can take their time with it. Yeah. It can take as long as it takes. Cool. Okay. Movies. Jason. Movies. 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 Give me a movie. What's going on? Man, there's a, a plethora of choice of movies coming out this year. Yeah. Was, um, yeah. It's quite, it was quite a difficult choice in some ways. But um, a little honourable mention to the um, Adam Driver Jurassic Park sci-fi mashup film 65. It looks fucking nuts. Oh, yeah, that does look good. <laughs> I, yeah. I did see that the other day. I was like, wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm hyped. Yeah, I'm quite, quite intrigued by that film. But I, and like I said, it being a, a tough choice, it wasn't really a tough choice. There is only one film that I personally am really looking forward to. And that has it has to be the Super Mario Bros film. <laughs> Sorry, of course. Someone had to do it, didn't they? Trying to understand. I know we've got a new Indiana Jones film coming out this year. You know, I know we've got um, some great, <laughs> some great Marvel films coming out this year. But uh, just from the trailers alone, it looks fucking nuts. And 
I can't wait to see the full. I can't wait to see the full film. It's like the film that I've been waiting for since I first played and fell in love with Super Mario Bros. And you know, we, we've talked about the the live action Super Mario Bros. film from '93, and you know some of the choices they made in that film and everything else, and <laughs> how how it scarred Nintendo to not do this again for so long. But I'm I'm glad they finally had the confidence to. Um, to see that there, there's a market here that people want this, and they they made the smart choice to go with Illumination, and they really have kind of gone through Mario's history and you know the characters and the items and the games themselves, and really managed to turn all that into what looks like is going to be an hour and a half of just pure Mario joyness. You know, just from yeah. the tra- just from the trailer, it's so bright. The Mushroom Kingdom looks so great. All, all these little bits that they've thrown in, like the little blocks that you stand on and they fall down, um, sits in Mario trying to train on what looks like a training level, and it's got all the like the the, the spinning fireballs and all the moving platforms and the flagpole and oh, it's just just I know, brilliant. I know if you what what watching that trailer, if you grew up in the eighties or nineties playing Mario games, it is impossible to watch that trailer and not be and delighted. Not feel anything? Yeah, it is yeah. Uh, absolutely impossible. Like it is, it is very finely crafted to, and then, to hit you right in the nostalgia yeah. feels. And then they threw fucking Mario Kart in at the end. I was like, no, yeah, Rainbow Road, come on, please stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also. Breaking news as you talk about this, um, another short trailer has just got online. Are you joking? Cat Mario's in really? it as well. What, what? what Mario? What? Cat Mario. Oh, it's really? Like a, yeah. How it's weird like a, is it's that? Like a 30, it's like a 30 second thing. There was some like sports event in the US and they had it on different oh. commercials. How weird so is it's that? T- it's a TV spot, but yeah, Cat Mario's in it. Oh, fuck. Well, so, there yeah. you go. Jay, Jason. Mad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's all that Mario goodness. Do you, so you think it looks better than the 1993 film then? <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Okay, one <laughs> but the To be fair, own... it was so early in the Mario like world, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. They were unsure what anything was anyway. But I mean, they had the cartoons. They had the um, the Adventures of Mario Brothers, wasn't it? Where well, they had the live action. I can't remember the guys' names. Oh, with, um, it, was, um, it was a wrestler. It was, um, yeah. oh, fuck, it's gone now. Yeah, but they had the mashup, yeah. didn't they, of the live action yeah. Mario and Luigi, yeah, and then they terrifying. went into a, like a cartoon of it, and that worked quite well. So I mean, that, mm. when they came to do the night free film, you know, who who knows what they were smoking? But cocaine, you know. cocaine, <laughs> anything that you get hold yeah. of. Yeah. So yeah, c- coming back to the this, and I can't wait to see what else they've got to throw at us. The, the, there must be some things that obviously they're holding back that we obviously won't know until we see the film. And I literally, and the music, I mean, for God's sake, I hope I'm praying a hundred percent. I'm like, I've got everything crossed that this soundtrack will land on Spotify or something because it's a motion picture. Yeah, it's I a will, big motion yeah. picture. I'm, I'm praying that this soundtrack will land on a streaming service or be able to buy because I, I'm a hundred percent confident that this soundtrack is going to rock as well just from yeah. what i've heard in the trailer as well you, those little mario I mean, they, beats they had, they had fucking bomb battlefield yes. in the trailer i was like you're doing like mario 64 now this is like yeah yeah okay i'm 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 in exactly <laughs> you know, they so, could have gone for the classic signature tunes but no you're throwing 
64 yeah. at me. So yeah. yeah, you know, and they've got Bowser knocked. Uh, they've got Bowser just right. Jack Black plays him perfectly. Yeah. Um, Jack Black was a good choice. Jack that was Black a was good a great choice. <laughs> yeah. casting choice. You know, yeah. Donkey Kong looks great. Uh, yeah. Seth Rogen another class. Also a pretty good choice, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie yeah. Day also a good choice for Luigi. Yeah. Mario. Yeah. Charlie Day's inspired. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, yeah. what they're doing with Luigi in this film is just perfect. You know, they've got all the perfect mannerisms for him and they're hopefully look just like leaning more towards like the mansion side of Luigi and that kind of stuff, hopefully. Yeah. And yeah, it, they just seem to have got everything right with this film. So I'm pumped, man. I'm, yeah. We're there. We're there day one. It, so looked, it looked so good that I'm reserving judgment on Chris Pratt's performance until I've seen the Absolutely. film. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Do you reckon? Do you reckon? Like, there's a part in that trailer where Mario just goes, "Let's a go," and yeah. he doesn't even try and do a Mario impression. Do you think Garfield's just going to be like, "I hate Mondays"? <laughs> Give yeah. me a lasagna. Yeah, no, seriously. It's like you can tell he's trying to do something. He's got like a little bit of a Brooklyn accent there, but yeah, it's still like seventy-five percent Chris Pratt yeah. through, if not more. Um, I don't know. All right. I just, I'm well, sick to death of this kind of casting decisions, but whatever. Yeah, I know, but it made it happen, right? Like, yeah. I don't think the feel like they needed, they needed a big name like that. And unfortunately, still Chris Pratt is a very big name. So I just, I honestly, go. I still, one day I will have my Mario movie with uh, Paul Giamatti as Mario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be over the fucking moon with him in the voice, the voice over booth. Chris, what are you looking forward to this year? Hmm, well, there's a, there's a, there's a small movie out with uh-huh. Harrison Ford. Okay. It's uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, Ooh. no, wait. It's uh, Dial of Destiny. <laughs> Sounds like a Tenacious D album, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah. It, <laughs> I'm so... The, the most notable thing about this, right, in that trailer is the young face. Scary. Yes. I think de-aging has now got to being convincingly convincing. Now, are we are we a hundred percent sure? Sorry, are we hundred no. percent sure that they're they're de-aging this through like computer graphics, or have they just gone back and cut in some old footage? That's what it looks it like. That's now, definitely what it looks like. That what they what they did was this is this is inspired when they did the test footage and they had Harrison on set in a Nazi uniform, where instead of de-aging afterwards, it's de-aging live on the cameras on the screen Whoa. and rendering in real time. So when they filmed it, they rolled the cameras and they were like, holy shitballs. And I think even the director and the um, producers were like, this is amazing. So they shot the scenes. There's several, I think, of D.H. Harrison in this in this film, but we've only seen a couple of seconds in this trailer, if that, of the, the shot. And they screened the scene with Kathleen Kennedy and I think Spielberg and Kathleen Kennedy turned around to them and said, where did you find that deleted shot from Raiders? Whoa. <laughs> and they said, no, this is a rendering of Harrison Ford de-aged on set. This this dude's 81. Like, And she didn't believe them. She honest, they honest, the producers, the um, distributors were convinced that they'd found an unused print of a deleted scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's how convincing it was at Lucasfilm's um, yeah. I uh, screening room. I don't know how apocryphal that story is, but uh, it does it does look that way when you want, when you watch the trailer. Yeah. And that was my initial thought was, and that's oh, not even, this is a scene I haven't yeah. seen before from the yeah. original films. Yeah. And it's not even a finished render. It's not been polished yet. They're still obviously polishing it for release. 
so that was just a preliminary placeholder. So Christ knows what we're going to see when it comes out. It just looks stunning. But as for the film itself, we can all go in with a sense of trepidation from experience. As we should, yes. And it's a film that I think 50% of people asked for and 50% didn't ask for after the last attempt. Even Spielberg wasn't happy with um, Crystal Skull. And that comes through in his filmmaking <laughs> in that film just looks... Oh, I don't know. Just Indiana Jones shouldn't be shot on high-definition digital. It should be shot on dirty celluloid film, yeah. like Star mm-hmm. Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shooting on digital is just too clean. The frame rate is too high, and it just it looks fake. It just doesn't look right. But The Dial of Destiny, the trailer, looked great. And John Williams, at the time, it was going to be his last score, but I don't know if you guys have seen that he's not retiring now. Seriously? That's right. Yeah, so he's obviously got another two or three projects lined up that he's decided he's not going to retire now because Indy was going to be his swan song score. So what the hell? Maybe there's a there's a Star Wars or a Spielberg film he wants to score. I don't know, but but the film it looks good, and I hope James Mangold delivers because his track record has been quite good. And if you don't have Kiki Kwan in it as short round, I will never forgive you, James Mangold. (laughs) I mean, that almost has to happen at this point, right? Yeah. Like now, yeah. they they just if it wasn't done before everything everywhere all at once, uh, it would be done now. I hope. Yeah. But the film I'm excited for, being a big Indiana Jones fan, I was excited in 2008, but that's <laughs> that didn't really pan out correctly. But this film, yeah, it looks good, and it's got John Williams scoring. It's got Harrison Ford starring. John Reese Davis is back as Sulla. Hoping Karen Allen's going to make an appearance, maybe as Marion. But I'm. Excited and also cautious. Yeah. <laughs> well, keep Steve the keep our expe- there as well. So. Keep yeah. keep keep our expectations low. Maybe we'll have fun. That's that is the worst part. Is the overhype train in this day and age where you're bombarded yeah. with everything from clips to even even dailies are leaked now by people behind the cameras, and it's just like. Bring us back to 20 years ago where you didn't see any of that, where the trailer dropped and you only saw two or three trailers before release. Now you're seeing so much of it mm-hmm. on location. I don't know. I've been deliberately steering away from the hashtags and stuff that comes up on purpose because you can get overhyped and you can go in there and you can watch a show or a film or a game or even read a book and you're just like, oh, well, that wasn't as good as I'd hoped. But we all will do. We've all had bad experiences with sequels and prequels in the past. and We are dab hands at it these, these days. We're very good and, at tempering our yeah. expectations. Yeah. And like I said before, Spielberg stepping away from directing is probably a good thing and a bad thing because Indy was Spielberg's baby as much as Jurassic Park was. And he stepped away from Jurassic Park 3 and now Indy 5. So I don't know. I think he's in good hands. Is that June this year, I think, that's coming out? Yes, in about four or five months now, I think. Cool. It's come around quick. Good stuff. All right. Rich, film me. Yes, I'll film you good. <laughs> I'll film you good, sorry. Shit. <laughs> uh, um, honourable mention quickly to Cocaine Bear, which is our next one. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes. I yes. cannot wait for that movie. I was hoping someone was going to bring that one up. What I love about that film is you can say the title of it and you don't have to explain any more about it. That's all the information you need. Fantastic. That's that's the best marketing you can get. So, um, generally can't wait. And I love that's Ray Liotta's last movie. It just just truly wonderful. Um, I'll tell you, with that and the bloody Winnie the Pooh uh, film coming out next month, you know. Blood and Honey, wasn't it? Yeah. What I love about that, the Blood and Honey, is Piglet's not a piglet anymore. He's a full-blown hog. And I was like, that's just brilliantly done. Yeah, (laughs) completely, completely. 
But cocaine bear aside, as <laughs> a sentence, you're never going to say much. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant <laughs> Mayhem, which, Ooh. like some other picks, we also know fuck all about uh-huh. pretty much. So, other than it's Seth Rogen produced, um, it is going to be CGI animated movie. That's going to combine elements from the Mirage comics and the 87 cartoon, which I'm like, yes. Oh. Bit more of a mature tone to it. And I don't know if anyone's seen the logo for it yet, but it's possibly the best logo in the history of I think of I saw it briefly on Twitter the other sick. day. I mean, yeah. I didn't the comic... know they were taking elements from the animated original either. I didn't know that. Yeah, until just now. it's literally the comics and that. Yeah. Um, oh boy, that is a good logo. It's like it. I mean, yeah, it's obviously inspired by the comics, but it looks like a metal band as well, like a thrash band. I cannot wait. That logo alone is just a one on a t-shirt. I love that logo. And yeah, we don't know much other than apparently James Marsden is going to be voicing Splinter. I know that, <laughs> which is an interesting <laughs> choice. But okay. I'm kind of here for it. Um, what is it with James Marsden and talking animals? I love that dude, he's so great. <laughs> just, he loves it though. He loves that's what I love about him. He's just not shy about it. It's like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love fun. But which um which turtle is Chris Pratt voicing? Oh, he's gonna be doing all of them apparently. He'll be voicing all four turtles and Shredder oh, okay. and Krang. Cowabunga. Yeah. And yeah, for the first time ever in the actual franchise, um the turtles are actually gonna be voiced by actual teenagers. Wow. Uh, oh. Yeah, because they, apparently they're going back to their roots and really heavily focusing on the teenage part of it. Um, I don't actually know the names of who's, who's who's voicing them, but yeah, they're giving it some real authenticity. Apparently, it, this was at like Seth Rogen's behest. Basically, he wanted it done properly. Yeah, again, we know nothing. There's no pictures. It's just the logo, the title treatment. No one knows anything more about it. I know, I think Lord and, Lord and, no, no, Lord and Miller are involved. That's actually Cocaine Bear they're involved in, so sorry, I'm getting confused. <laughs> but if they were involved, it'd be great. Easy does. Easy. Look, at, look at Into the Spider-Verse. They are good with yeah. animation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm excited for this, and I'm hoping for a trailer soon. The movie's out in August, apparently, so it's not long away. Yeah. I need wow. more Turtle stuff, so I'm yeah. super excited. Me too. That video game really whetted my appetite for turtle stuff so in that sort good. of vein. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, a lot of turtle stuff gets made, but none of it's really made for me. So it'd be nice yeah, to yeah. get something that, that's kind of in my wheelhouse. Mm. Last series was like, looked like dog shit. I just yeah. had no interest. The animation that was just like, bleh. But yeah, I'm hoping this is good and I'm hoping it balances nicely. You know, it's going to be a bit of a family film, I get it. But it'd be nice yeah. if we give a little bit of the edge of the of the comics. Yeah, because those comics go, they go dark. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, sure, even like the cool. 1990 movie, it definitely had moments of darkness. And I was like, For sure, yeah. All the stuff with Raph, you know, it just was, yeah, really hit it perfectly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. Let's move on to making some predictions, shall we? Jason, have you got any predictions for 2023? I do. I do. Regale us, please. Uh, I'll tell you all three that I've prepared. And the first one is for in the video game world that I do believe Nintendo will not launch a new Switch this year. 
mm-hmm. but we will hear of its successor at some point near the end of the year. Because I know everyone's been banging on about the Switch Pro, Super Switch, Switch Advance, whatever it's going to be called, for about three years now. And um, me personally, I don't see the rush. Maybe in development world, I can see a rush, you know. The system's getting older, the games are getting made on newer systems and newer development kits or, or you know, new newer engines. And the Switch will uh, struggle more and more. But... I think it's still got quite some life left in it because it's an indie machine, you know. It's uh, and Nintendo know how to how to make the best out of it, but mm. obviously there will be a time where they're going to have to do something. And I mean, it's it'll be coming up to six years in March, I think, since its release. So I appreciate with all the, the 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 world that we're in with chip shortages and other such stuff to make it harder. And I can imagine Nintendo are going to be like, well, we're not going to be releasing a new system until we're 100% happy that we can at least manufacture a certain amount of units and not be in the position that Sony and Microsoft ended up in, mm. where it was like gold dust to try and find a console. I think that's my that's my uh, my video game prediction anyway. But my movie, Adam Sandler, will release a film that will actually be good this year. <laughs> Maybe. Be nice that's to see. A, that's a bit crazy. It's a crazy prediction, that one. <laughs> you know, I mean, his Netflix films have been quite questionable. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you mean dog shit. That's the word you're <laughs> clamouring for there. Uh, yes, that, there's the, the <laughs> perfect um, way of saying that, Steve, yeah. But, I mean, come on. I mean, I have a soft spot for Adam Sandler for his 90 films, and it's a bit oh, sad yeah. to see him go the in the way he's going and I would like to see him come back to his heyday and it's happened with other movie stars you know John Travolta came back and had a, a, a second wind and it's happened true. With, with with some other uh, film actors so why not Adam Sandler and maybe 2023 is that year I mean don't be too sad though because it's only he's only creatively bankrupt like he's getting paid like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's very comfortable with what's yeah. going on I mean, he might have just like fed up and just gone. You know what? Sort of, I'm just going to make crap movies, get a load of money, and um, just live live my life comfortably. And fair play to him in that way, I suppose. Yeah, but why not? you know. But anyway, uh, my last one for TV is that Netflix will announce a Jurassic Park prequel series in celebration of its 30th anniversary. Concentr- <laughs> con- concentrating <laughs> on the beginning of the building of Jurassic Park and. Uh, finding like the mosquito and the amber and uh, developing the first batch of dinosaurs and such and whatever shenanigans happen and that is super believable all i want is a good jurassic park game that chronicles that exact thing that's all all i've ever wanted (laughs) but it's an interesting interesting one that jason didn't even occur to me i can think about that i can pretty easily imagine that happening are you basing that on anything or have you just like made that up i just thought that up yeah I was, quite, I was quite impressed with myself. Yeah, no, you should be. I, good, I had yeah. to have a sit down and a cup of tea just to just to recover myself after that. If there's any, uh, if there's any Netflix executives listening to this, don't steal, like credit <laughs> Jason. Yeah, if you steal that, absolutely. <laughs> but I think there's enough story. There's definitely stuff that they can come up with that will be believable enough to, to create this, you know, ten part series. And uh, I'm sure there will there'll be a few accidents and a few deaths along the way. With making uh, of the show or making exorcist scenario where someone yeah. falls down some steps. Depends if there's real, real dinosaurs involved, really. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Phil Tippett's back, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and they could use the whole um, bring bring bring. Um, I don't know. Like, 
I suppose I'd have to bring a new uh, actor in to play like uh, David. Oh, one, their brain's going blank. What's bringing a new actor to play? You mean you want Chris Pat- Pratt playing John Hammond? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. basically. Yeah, Spirit, no and, expense. And the voice and the voice of all the dinosaurs, Chris Pratt will do as well. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, because the dinosaurs will speak in this one. They may as well have spoken in the last one, to be honest. I mean, just made it a full-on Looney Tunes yeah. cartoon and just add voice to them. <laughs> just be done with yeah. it. Yeah, Net- 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 Netflix is known for its jank, so also mm. kind of believe- believe- believable. Um, Rich predictions. TV first. I think that Netflix will cancel the Jurassic Park series that Jason has brought up after one season of it doing well, but them not being fussed. Games, I think Microsoft will make another big acquisition. I think they will probably buy Konami. I'm going to say that because Konami's a bit of shit and needs to get bought as well. So Someone needs um, to do that, definitely. Yeah, do it. Come on, they just make pachinko machines anyway. They put put us oh, out of our misery. I mean, um, they, they've got this whole like Silent Hill stuff going on this year, haven't they? So yeah, but you know. they do. Uber's making do. it, so it's probably going to be a bit. Yeah. And movies. I think that Marvel are going to announce a new Howard the Duck movie for the MCU. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, it's coming, surely. With Seth Green as Howard the Duck, not Chris Pratt. So <laughs> that's my predictions. But I, generally, I do think there might actually be a Howard the Duck something. I, d- I think you might be Disney. right. I can see because, that more of a Disney Plus series, yeah, like than the Modoc kind of thing they did. Yeah, that, yeah. I can see it working more now as well than it did in the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, they're, Just, they're it seems to be tailored. For, yeah. <laughs> And and effort and everything else. Cool, cool. Chris, predictions? Predictions, well, film-wise, mm-hmm. um, I predict that they will find an Australian model to play the next James Bond, realise they're mistaken, and Daniel Craig will come back for just one more. <laughs> Good Christ, seriously. <laughs> just kidding, not really dead. Uh, no, I... I Spoilers. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past. I wouldn't put it past them to be perfect. Um, prediction again to to go with a theme. I would love Henry Cavill to announce that he's James Bond, but it will never mm. happen. He's a cookie cutter like Pierce Brosnan. He was grown in a lab to play that part, but we'll never <laughs> see it because it just won't. And it's a shame. But I would love to have an announcement at some point this year or next year that they're on the search or they've nailed down something because it's been so quiet now for two years. It has, and no yeah. one knows anything, and that will hurt the series if they don't move on quick enough. And this is all down to Barbara. She just needs to get over her love affair with Daniel Craig. Just accept that it's over, move on, find someone else, and get that new film at least in pre-production. That's Do you think it'll be Aaron Taylor Johnson? Because I think it'd be a great choice. It's I an inspired watch, choice. It's a left him field in choice. The train needs. Yeah, he could do and a good job. Yeah, he could. I, he could. I think it will be. They won't play it safe like they did with Brosnan. And Dalton, I think they'll go like Craig, a proper left-field actor that no mm. one's ever even considered. Unfortunately, it won't be Henry Cavill, because by the time the cameras roll, he'll be like 50. And I just don't think we're going to see a new James Bond movie for at least seven years, which will Jesus. really hurt. It will really hurt the series if they did that again, because you need to move on and evolve, and they're not doing that at the moment. But I don't know, I'm hoping at some point soon there'll be some traction on that. That, will, that would be exciting, for sure. Yeah, as for TV, I don't really have much many predictions for TV. Amazon Prime will pick up the cancelled Jurassic Park TV series yes, for a yeah. second series. I, <laughs> I, I, I do hope something does happen. 
<laughs> for Jurassic Park's 30th this year because um, it's a very big franchise. I do hope we see at least something, even a documentary series, maybe. But as as for TV, I don't really have many predictions. Maybe The Walking Dead might end. I don't know. Oh, hopefully. Please pass our misery. It's been, isn't it? No. Who knows? I think just. I think the end might be in sight. I think they're on I the think. last series. Yeah, they're yeah. definitely someone's, on the last one. Someone's worked out they have to shoot that series in the head yeah. to get rid of it. And Let's just say they can it. make the films. Yeah. Yeah. That should have been a prediction, shouldn't it? The Walking Dead film comes out this year at some point. Well, they've well, maybe... already announced a Michonne and Rick spin-off, haven't they? Or some shit. <sighs> Gross. It was, I saw it on Twitter the other day. I was like, are you serious? Like, who's still watching this show? Like, Ten people? Dead babies. Seriously, it's just like... Going back to what you said about Jurassic Park, Chris, I'm hoping maybe at least Universal, they might mint a Jurassic Park NFT to celebrate. Oh, so, God. Yeah, I think be fantastic. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, that's pretty believable as well, isn't it? It's it true. It is, yeah. <laughs> But as as for predictions for TV, I reckon, again, sticking with a theme, I reckon they'll announce some new Star Trek project. And it's bound to be some shit show run by people who don't care. <laughs> Chris Pratt's Kirk. And, oh God, yeah. Yeah, vo- voicing all the characters in an animated show. Um, I would... It's a clone ship. They all look like Chris Pratt. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, a really theme. Chris Pratt's, imagine that'd be great. Um <laughs> But video game predictions, no, I don't really have many. I haven't really thought about the predictions, to be fair. But I would like to, like Jason's brought up, it didn't even occur to me it was Jurassic Park's 30th this year. Maybe I just deleted it from my brain. But it would be silly for them not to do something along the lines of like a documentary. Like a three-part documentary would be awesome. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, Like they did for ILM, they did that five-part docuseries that was great and it covered the inception all the way up until present day and yeah Jurassic Park docuseries would be very welcome and unique I think but where can we see that I don't know I mean there's so much to dig into there as well I really love the fact that that film like straddled technology like because they were initially going to go with stop motion right and mm-hmm. that, that blows my mind the fact that Jurassic Imagine Park it. was almost a stop motion film it's crazy mm-hmm. we're about ready to call it a day thanks as always to everyone for listening if you enjoyed that nonsense you can support the podcast if you so wish on Kofi, Kofi, jason coffee how do you pronounce that coffee right yeah it's coffee yeah uh yeah, we'll you go can with support that. us yeah you can support <laughs> us from as little as one pound if you don't have a quid to spare uh you can also do us a solid by giving us a review on apple or spotify the links for doing that can be found on our website thewolfypod.com Incidentally, thewolfypod.com is also home to all of our links, back catalogue of episodes, articles, and lots more to wrap your eye mouths around. Fellas, it's been a pleasure, but it's time to do one. My name is Steve. <laughs> it's been emotional. It's been emotional. It has. It has been emotional. Um, I hope you can join us again back in the past very soon. In the future. The episode will be in the future, but it's a nostalgia po- podcast, so the subject is in the past. That makes sense, right? 
That's Play a bit me of out. A back, that's a bit of a Back to the Future thing, that, isn't it? <laughs> See you in Thanks the future. Everyone. Or maybe the past. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.